Warning, the following podcast contains foul language, sexual themes, and all sorts of other fun stuff. Listener discretion is advised. Now, you all might be wondering, what right do these people have to give relationship or dating advice? Emmy, you were with somebody since your senior year of high school in a seven-year relationship. Sarah, you've been also with the same person since high, or, well, since just after high school. What do you people want? Well, folks, I have been going on dates. I am successfully in the dating world for the first time in my life. It's basically just one girl and she's very pretty. So I can give advice now. Fuck you. <laughs> Did you just do that whole intro just to flex on people? Yes. All right. Well, what year is it? It's 2020 still, unfortunately. We have another month. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Emmy. I'm Sarah. And we are reading our death rights. <laughs> I'm sorry. Eclipse. <laughs> You know what's so funny is we're not even going to finish the Twilight Saga before the end of 2020. So we've really got to choose whether or not we want our title to remain 20. I think we should just leave it as it's 2020 and we're reading Twilight. And then we can go with the rebrand at the end of the Twilight Saga. Yeah, we're going for the rebrand at the end. And we're almost finished. I think as long as we get our shit together, which should be easy. Uh, you're past Black Friday. I literally don't have a job. Um... <laughs> My boss texted me was like, hey, you're coming in like one day in two weeks from now. And I'm like, cool. So, hey, if anyone wants to donate to us, <laughs> yeah, if anyone uh, wants I need to, to live. <laughs> Emmy is currently unemployed. So, yeah, uh... but hey, I have all the time in the world to record in right now. Just none of the financial support to do so. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I'm coming in hot to this episode. I want to, I want to give a warning. And I know we've, like, literally never done this at the beginning of a show. Are we both at an 11? Are we both at an 11 right now? Yes. So, this is going to be a trigger warning, um, because I'm going to get very, very, very upset when we start talking about, um... Chapter 15. I believe, yeah, I think that's the chapter. Um, Mm. I'm a sexual assault survivor, and reading the part... Uh, that we are going to be discussing I literally started crying and I had to like get up and walk away from the book because I was so incredibly triggered and if you want to like laugh at me or whatever for saying that I was triggered you can fucking go ahead I don't care Um, no I mean I have not suffered from sexual assault but I did literally when I, I I just stopped when I, it got bad, I put down the book because I was angry and I just couldn't keep reading at that point. Like, I couldn't force myself through anymore. I just put it down. Like, I'm done. I'm fucking done. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm not going to lie. I. <laughs> I don't I, I didn't remember it being as bad as it is. Uh, I thought it was just kind of a one and done kind of situation. But it's the, fucking awful. It is. It is terrible. It is literally a description of sexual assault, and the only people who take it seriously are Bella and Edward. Um, I... (laughs) 
I was just gonna say if Edward had actually gotten physical with Jacob, I don't think I would have faulted him at all. I'll get to that when we actually are yeah. discussing it. But I I will I was expecting it to be an unwarranted kiss, which is bad enough as it is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I read it and I was like, there is literally no way to describe this aside from sexual assault. Like it was way too far. Yeah. Way too far. It would be one thing if he just kissed her and she was like, dude, what the fuck? And he like left it alone and didn't do it again. But the way it's described is really bad. And we're obviously going to talk about it when we get to that chapter. But I felt like we needed to say something at the beginning because it is really bad. So if you have an issue hearing about the description of sexual assault, first of all, we're not, I don't plan on reading anything from that part because it was no i did not highlight anything i did not take any excerpts yeah so we won't be describing it or anything um we will be reacting to it really angrily so if you or someone you know is a victim has been a victim of sexual assault um we love you we're here for you and i'm really sorry that this is the kind of shit that is being put into young adult literature but we're not there yet we still have to do chapter 11 and to the other chapters before that. Dumpster fire yeah. of a book. Yeah, the end of this episode might not be uh, <clears throat> the funniest. No. <laughs> Needless to say. So, I'll try. Uh, yeah, I'll try. we'll try to make some jokes, <laughs> but no promises I might actually cry. I'm letting you know now. I'll make fun of you. Don't worry. Oh, good. <laughs> Brandon's <laughs> not here right now, so I need someone to make fun of me while I cry. I'll uh I'll just talk about the owl coming for your grandparents some more while you're <laughs> <laughs> uh, I haven't dreamed about them in a while. I hope they're okay. Oh no. They decided to leave you behind, Sarah. I you know, my dreams lately have been bad. I told you about some of them. Yes. <laughs> and um So my sleep habits have been kind of fucked up because of my nightmares, um, which you can confirm are much more traumatizing than Bella's. Yes. Ever (laughs) so slightly. Uh, but, oh, I, you know, before we even start, I also wanted to talk about, this is a hella disjointed, uh, intro, but I don't care. Uh, we're really channeling Let's Get Haunted. More and more. (laughs) Um, But I wanted to talk about Twitter. This past week, uh, we've had some, like, really awesome Twitter interactions. Uh, First of all, with a lovely lady by the name of Steffi, who, like, called us out. Like, she was very, very sweet. But she was like, y'all said that you're going to put an episode on Friday. And it's Saturday morning, and there's still nothing. And she had, like, a little, like, crying face meme. And I was like... I felt bad too because I just literally, I guess you forgot and I wasn't going to remind you about it because it was I knew that you were week. dealing, I knew you were dealing with a bunch of shit. So I was like, well, I'm not going to remind her if she just forgot, then it is what it is. We'll get an episode out when we can. And, and then she was so upset and I was like, oh, we were both like, I'm so sorry. Oh my God. And she was like, I didn't mean to make you feel bad. I just really love your show and stuff. And so I, I then rapid fire edited an episode, sent it to M. She sent it back to me saying, hey, this is actually really, the sound quality is really bad. You need to fix it. 
<laughs> Why are the levels in six different places? It was really bad. So, like, I obviously listened to it on the laptop when I'm editing it. So, like, you were like, hey, so the... <laughs> and I, did, I don't listen to the content warning when I put it in most of the time. I did this time because I was like, oh, that's really bad. The content warning was super loud, and then the rest of it was really, really quiet. Because on the laptop, it sounds fine, because I can just turn it up to whatever volume I need. But she was like, we're so quiet, I literally can't hear us. No, like, okay, so I have my normal volume that I set, and I just started playing it, and I was just blaring, it was just my voice blaring <laughs> in my ears, giving a content warning. And then, literally, you start the episode, and I can't hear you. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck? bad so then i fixed it up and we posted it on sunday or monday i believe and uh we titled it this one's for steffi because (laughs) because if it wasn't for her that episode would have been delayed by a week but then also i had to then put together the bonus episode that actually came out today which was a really really fun episode to record. I was expecting us to hold on to it for longer, but then everything sucked. So we just didn't everything get Everything a... was awful. Yeah, we just didn't get an episode recorded in time. So we posted our bonus episode about the Loveland Frog, um which was super fun to do. And then several people tweeted at us that we were in their Spotify like top 5 podcasts of the year. It made me so happy to see that. And, like, we haven't had a whole lot of streams. But, like, we have a few people who are super dedicated and they listen every week and they and they tweet at us and stuff like that. And it's just so sweet and wonderful to read. It literally made me cry when I was seeing those people posting that we were, like, there were several people who were, like, you were my number one podcast. Like, there were a couple that were, like, you're number four, number five. But, like, Steffi and I think the other girl's name is Akaya were, like, yeah, you were my number one podcast. I was, like, ah! I don't know how. I don't, we don't, we don't deserve it. <laughs> it's just But I so appreciate nice. it. <laughs> we... Until we started really hammering the, like, please go interact with us on Twitter at the end of episodes, we really weren't hearing from basically anyone. And so we were getting some streams, but we had no idea, like, if anyone was actually enjoying the show basically at all. Um, And so to see people tweeting at us about us being in their top five or that, you know, they really, really enjoy the show or just when Steffi was sad that we didn't put out an episode, it's really, really so nice. So thank you so much to everyone who has reached out to us on Twitter. We are super grateful. We love you so much. Um, And uh, please continue because we want to hear from you. And if you have any questions, suggestions, or anything at all that you want to say to us, please don't be afraid to hit us up. Neither of us has a life right now. It literally makes my day. Yeah, me too. As long as you aren't a dick. If you're a dick, I'll tell you to go fuck yourself. And I'm not afraid to, okay? Don't make me be mean to you. (laughs) I don't know who would make it 12 minutes into this disjointed intro (laughs) and and want to be mean to us, but I will fuck you up. (laughs) Oh my god! So I posted the episode, the Uh Let's Get Haunted tribute. Did you see? Oh my god. Oh my god, I'm playing music. (laughs) (laughs) What is going on? (laughs) This episode. 
Okay, so I posted the Let's Get Haunted episode, and Let's Get Haunted liked it, and uh, I assume, I think it's Allie who runs the account, but she commented saying that she was going to check it out. <gasps> they noticed us. I was a little afraid they were going to be like, you're using our format. <laughs> like you're What are you doing? I was like, we're not making money, don't worry. Literally nobody pays us, yeah. and... <laughs> We're tiny, and it's just bonus episodes. We are actively losing money on this show, just as they are. Okay, they lose actively. money too. So <laughs> I, I, I would understand. have more luck going out and buying packs of more packs of magic cards. I said buying packs, but more packs is actually the accurate terminology. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, they noticed. How sweet. Oh. They said, oh, oh hell also... yeah, gonna check it out for sure. The intro is so fucked up. I <laughs> When we were like, when we tried to do the Let's Get Haunted intro and we like could not speak at the same time, literally <laughs> at all. You do know that technically speaking, you have the ability to fix that. I do, but like I would have to chop it apart so that we were speaking at the same time. And we also talked so much in the intro about how bad the intro was. So you can't, you have to leave it. I feel like it's a piece of history. It is, truly. And we're going to do it again for episode two. Yes, we are. Hopefully we'll do it better uh, on the second bonus episode when you finally decide what you want to do it on. I have it down to, like, two things, so. I'm excited. I hope they're not, like, super common things, because I've probably already heard of them, but. You're like, fuck, I was gonna talk about Loch Ness Monster, ugh. I don't, I guess it depends on what you mean by common, really. Like, but I was gonna go deep on it, so. Like, it's not gonna be, like, Mothman. No. It can't be something that Let's Get Haunted has actually done an episode it's on. It's not for something sure. Let's Get Haunted's done an episode on, and it's not something. I, I would tell you it's one of two things. It's either something sh related to our show. Okay. Or it's something related to me personally. Is it about so it's something you that being encrypted? Yes. No. <laughs> it's, but it's something. It's either. A something related to our show, or B something related to something you related to me that I've ha I have experience, personal experience with, like something spooky that you have personal experience with. I don't know. Is it a mystery? Is it a conspiracy? Is it a spooky? It Is it sounds encrypted? interesting. See, now you're excited. I am excited. I like the reason I chose the Loveland Frog was because I knew that we had. Like, that it would be sort of relatable because it's, it's you know, literally right in our backyard, so. And see, that's why I was like, I can either do something that's personally relatable to me, which will make it interesting, or I can do something that's related to our show, which will also make it interesting. All right. Do you want to, like, get into the episode? Do you want to start over? Not really. Over? We don't, I don't, should we start over or should we just keep going? Aren't we done? <laughs> Chapter 11, go. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. So, it is time. Oh, okay, hold on. How do you pronounce the name? Is it? It's Quilly. Quillette? Quilly. Quilly? Quilly? Okay, so Quilly Legends. No, Quillette. With a T. Quillette. <laughs> At the end. Quillette Legends. It's time for if Quillette I, Legends. I am 99% sure that is correct. If I'm wrong, I am sorry. I'm not trying Look. to be. I have no, I have no, 
no one in this book series has more of my respect than the actual members of the Quillite tribe because their lives have been ruined by this series. I will say Sam's name wrong over <laughs> and over again, but I will make sure I say this Native American yes. tribe's name correctly. Sam Yuli is not a real person, so Exactly. He doesn't I will not have respect. that level of disrespect. If someone comes to us and they're like, hey, that's actually a really important name, then there will be no more jokes. But for now, we disrespect have, Sam Yuli. <laughs> I have trouble believing that Stephanie Meyer like actually went and found a real name to use. Yeah, I mean, the, the first Native American people we were ever introduced to in this story had the last names Black and Clearwater, so... She doesn't seem too interested in uh, the specifics. So, Bella goes to a bonfire down at the res. And it's actually a meeting of the elders. And it's a very long chapter going through the entire origin story of the tribe and the werewolves. And I could go through all of it, but literally, and and honestly, some of it's kind of cool, but it's not really important for and the I most part don't know if it's actually real like if any of those legends are no yeah i wouldn't I, think so i have no idea i i will give it that it was interesting enough if it had any like real relevance to the book my biggest issue with it was that most of it was irrelevant which made it even though it was like a well-designed myth story yeah. it just didn't really matter <laughs> I would have liked to have been more invested in it than I was. I will say my biggest issue with it is that it definitely perpetuates uh, the idea that uh, ancient native tribes were literally constantly at war with each other and could never work together or exist in the same place as each other, which is not true. It's not true at all. But anyway. History major? Are you a history major? (laughs) I don't know. Do you know know. about history? (laughs) I don't know. Maybe. You're not an anthropologist. (laughs) I was going to go to school for anthropology but i didn't i did some anthropology on the sur- i really like anthropology actually like mm-hmm. in terms of like reading about it but actually like writing essays and shit on anthropology i fucking hated but like just reading <laughs> about cultures and like in that like different studies like that was actually enjoyable i enjoyed that part of it yeah go on anyways so i'm not going to go through the entire legend uh but the basic narrative is that their people were spirit warriors where they could separate their spirits from their bodies. Uh, they couldn't interact with the physical world, but they could like control animals or speak to animals um, when in their spirit forms and they could like fuck with nature basically. Uh, and they used that against their enemies. Um, one day there's an old chief and he was like, Yo, I'm gonna do a. I'm gonna go check things out because it was really freaky to leave their bodies. They didn't like doing it, and so while I was out, this guy that had been exiled took his body, uh, and pretended to be him. So then, eventually, the chief ended up inhabiting the body of a wolf, because uh, he's like, I don't like being apart from my body, and that gave them the ability to transform into wolves, um, and so he ended up passing that down through his children so everyone that can transform into a wolf is a descendant of this original chief that did it um what 
Nothing. It's it, it's fine because it was technically like thousands of years ago or whatever. Yeah. Oh, oh, you were you thinking about the incestual it's, yeah, uh, it's, connotation? It's a, it's a bit funny to think about, but it again, it it was a very. It's so long, long time ago, ago that it's actually it, like it, yeah. Cousins marrying is it's fairly weird. common, but it is common. like it's weirder in the United States than it is in a lot of other oh, places yeah. still, but. There's like, I know always, in Germany, uh, it's really common. Mm-hmm. In, the, in the Middle East, it's very common. In Northern Africa. Um, it's And it's funny because there's these Ask Reddit threads that are, like, people who have been in incestuous relationships, like, what's your story? And 99% of the thread is just people being like, well, in my country, it's pretty common to be with, like, your second or third cousin. So it's not a big deal. And technically speaking, second or third cousin does eliminate the possibility of uh, incest-related uh, birth defects. But yeah. it's still weird because I do – I am, like – I do have a familial relationship with several of my second cousins. So it is weird to me to think I feel about. like it's a cultural thing, though, like because we're raised in that – in an environment where we're told that mm-hmm. it's weird – that's what makes it weird. A lot of other countries, the your family, your family family is just your immediate family, like your parents and yeah. grandparents. And I'm not saying that other countries don't value like aunts and uncles and stuff, but it is less of a big deal. I so would say. The point being that especially after thousands of years, it's really not that weird mm-hmm. anymore. The blood's so diluted that it. <laughs> I don't know why I felt the need to start talking about incest, but it is, it was just, I don't know. It's Stephanie Meyer, so it's like everything she writes is so fucking weird. There's always weird connotations Yeah, exactly. It. Like this, in this chapter, you didn't mention it, but they, uh, Bella talks about how one of the boys brought the girl he imprinted on to the meeting. Yes. And she talked about like how they were like magnetized to each other and so deeply in love. And I was just like, this is creepy it's because in this story there's really not a lot of like magic-y bullshit like there's psychic powers and stuff like that but it that feels definitely i'm I'm gonna use this word and i hope you understand my meaning but it's it feels grittier than just like the magical like love at first sight like the world revolves around this other person the love at first sight magic aspect feels very much uh like high fantasy mm-hmm princess in a castle and the psychic stuff feels much more like buffy the vampire slayer yes, yes that is definitely the the mood i was going for but go yeah. on so um at some point basically vampires showed up massacred whole lots of people um and one we keep they keep coming back to this point about vampires avenging their mates and so like this one vampire goes on a like vengeance streak against the tribe and it's ultimately the chief's like third wife that um sacrifices herself by distracting the vampire so that uh he can take her down which still doesn't work. So she kills herself, but ultimately it doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, but her sons end up transforming, even though they're still young. And then ever since that happened, the 
wolves just have the tribe has this tendency to, for the wolves to pop up whenever vampires are nearby yeah and so the cullens showed up and they ended up making a truce with them because the cullens actually outnumbered them at that point and they were like well i mean they could just kill us so clearly they i guess they actually want peace so we just make a truce with these cold ones over here oh my god and they keep a bag of dust from the first vampire they killed oh yeah i forgot like about they that. still have this ancient fucking bag of vampire dust because they separated out they burned the the body and then they separated all of the bags of dust amongst a bunch of different members of the tribe so that there was no possibility of the vampire like reassembling well, no, they, itself they spread it in a bunch of different places and oh, just okay. one of them kept the bag of dust oh, so that yeah. way if the vampire started to reassemble itself they would know they would get warning because something would happen with the dust in the bag oh yeah okay i forgot about that so anyways that's basically the whole legend thing um so then Bella gets back home that night and has a dream that she's the woman that sacrificed herself in the legend and wakes up terrified. Uh, yeah. Like, honestly, at this point, I don't even know what the fuck that's it. like. Yeah. Like, is that foreshadowing? Is it just Bella having a bad dream? Well, I don't know anymore with her dream. Bella has a huge martyr complex throughout the entire series. And we even, you'll see it because I accidentally started reading ahead uh not realizing that we had missed a week um and later on she becomes even more of like a like it's like she really really wants to die for her loved ones and i don't know why but she because there's options like there's always going to be options she doesn't have to just be like no kill me no she has to die okay? okay she has to die okay i'm sorry god so the book he drops is Wuthering Heights, and he admits that he started to grasp human emotions better uh, since being with Bella. And which is interesting because we've always talked about like what the fuck are they talking about with human emotions? So yeah, I get like I guess that's a little bit more insight into that. Um, but that's why he can like read it now because he's like I understand uh, Heathcliff a little bit. Now is it Heathcliff? Yes. That's me. Okay. And Catherine. Yeah. Um, and so the next morning when he's gone, Bella like goes and picks up the book to see what page he was on. And it's this excerpt clearly like relating the emotions Ed has towards Jacob, talking about how like he wouldn't oh, I wouldn't hurt this person because she cares about him. But if not for her caring about him, I would like rip his heart out and drink his blood in the middle of the street. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like well, this doesn't seem relevant. I guess it just landed on a random page. And then I'm like, holy shit. She's either denying it because she doesn't want to believe that that's the way Edward feels about Jacob, or she's just stupid. And I'm willing to bet it's the second one. Who fucking knows with her? Somewhere on the Schrodinger's bell curve, she lies (laughs) at this very moment, but I don't know where. Yeah, there's really no way to tell at any one moment if Bella is being real dumb. Or if she's just, like, actually having an intelligent thought, but is, like, conveying it really weirdly. I'm in denial. I must be in an Egyptian river, because I'm in denial. (laughs) Jesus. 
Uh, chapter 12 begins with Alice informing Bella that she's throwing her graduation party and Bella has no choice but to attend. Edward calls her annoying, and at the moment I have to agree. I, Edward calls Alice annoying, yeah. and at the moment I have to agree with him. She, like, yeah. her entire attitude is so fucking aggravating from the last few chapters when she was totally fine with removing Bella's autonomy and just, like, forcing her not to go see her best friend to now her being like, I'm throwing a party and you have to come. What the fuck is happening in this book with these I, characters? I literally don't know. It's like they had to make everybody around Edward suck so that she could make Edward better. But, like, she could have just made Edward better. She didn't have to make everybody else awful. Well, it's like, okay, we talked before about how it seemed, and it was a lot more in book one, how it seemed like she just wrote situations and then put the characters in them without concern for, like, whether or not it fit their pre- previously established personality. But it's gotten so bad in it these has. like last 10 chapters because i feel like she got the idea that she wanted because one of the like pivotal moments in the book happens at the graduation party a few chapters later and so i feel like she was like i want this to happen at a party with like everybody there and blah 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 but she was like how do i get bella to be at a party because she wrote this like incredibly antisocial, introverted person who wouldn't just go to a party unless she was being forced to. And at this point, I would have respected Edward so much if he was like, if he defended Bella and was like, we're not having a party. She doesn't want a party. But then again, Edward wants her to have these human experiences. Not that she'll enjoy them. But, you know. She'll have them. Yeah. Maybe he thinks that she'll regret later on that she didn't have this parting moment with her friends which i mean honestly that's a completely reasonable thing to feel and think oh yeah i I really can't blame him for feeling that way Uh, yeah no i i actually completely agree with that uh mindset because she's so hyper focused on everything vampire right now that she's completely leaving in the dust all of the human things that she really does care about she just kind of And at this point, I have to, like, give him some props because he's, like, really delving into the way she functions in her head by seeing that, like, she's so focused on becoming a vampire that she's not going to see all of the things that she does care about and will regret ignoring later. You know what would solve this problem? Just turn everyone into vampires. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I think I said earlier that... Uh, I wanted <laughs> Charlie to become a vampire, too, so he wouldn't have to be all by himself. Um, anyway, Bella suddenly realizes... I can't realizes... save my mustache, <laughs> but I don't have to trim anymore. Uh, Bella suddenly realizes graduation is only a week away and wonders where the time went. See, New Moon, Chapter 4. Uh, Bella dissociates for a while while Edward finally demands to know, uh, until Edward finally demands to know what's wrong. Hold on. Is New Moon Chapter 4 the one where it literally is just month pages? <laughs> is that the yes. one you're referencing? Yes, that would be the one I'm referencing. <laughs> That's where the time went. <laughs> uh, so... Until Edward finally demands to know what's wrong, Bella sort of admits that she's worried about becoming a vampire, and Edward says, in an oddly mature manner, that Bella isn't going to be forced to become a vampire right away, and they'll wait until she's ready, however long that takes. Um, 
And even though Edward kind of wants Bella to be freaked out about becoming a vampire, I respect that he's actually trying to comfort her on this. So this actually, hey, call back to the intro when I mentioned uh, dating. This is something I'm dealing with because the person that I've been dating is a little iffy about uh, getting into a committed relationship. And I'm like, you know what? Obviously, I want to be in a committed relationship. But at the same time, I want you to be happy and to respect that and do what you want to do. Yeah. And so you have to know how to strike this careful balance between what you want and what the person that you're interested in or dating or marrying wants. And you can't completely neglect your own feelings, but you also can't just ignore the other person's feelings and run roughshod over them. It's important to be supportive while still vocalizing how you feel. Yeah. And I definitely respect that Edward wasn't just like, see, I told you you weren't ready. And instead he's like, instead he's like, listen, you will not have to become a vampire purely because you're afraid. Like, I'm not going to let that happen. It's going to be your choice. You are going to be ready for it to happen. And it was just a really nice moment. And it showed a lot of maturity on his part. And I think. It only took 117 years. I know. And I, I do I do think that it's a bit out of character considering the Edward that we've known him to be, but if we're going to think that he's making a concentrated effort of actively maturing for the sake of his relationship, then I believe it. I believe that he would have said that. Yeah. Uh, so Bella asks Edward... <laughs> I just remembered this interaction. So Bella asks Edward why he doesn't want her to become a vampire. And he admits that he's very insecure and feels like she can do so much better than him. He says he wants her to be a vampire more than anything so that he can be with her forever. But he's sure that's not what she'll want down the road. And he doesn't want to imprison her with immortality. Edward then asks why Bella doesn't want to get married, and Bella says she doesn't want to be the girl who gets married right out of high school because she has no other options. Edward then says he thought Bella was just using him to become a vampire, and Bella laughs because that's fucking stupid. (laughs) Oh my god. No, I was just actually aroused by how creepy you were through book one. And here's the thing. I actually can kind of follow his train of thought because if he's super insecure about himself and this whole time has just been like, this girl's amazing. She's so wonderful. I can't believe she wants to be with me. And then he puts her through all that shit and she still comes back. I can see the pathway that he would go down where he's like, why would she put up with all that stuff? (gasps) She just wants to be a vampire. That's it. She doesn't actually like me. No, I can completely see where he's coming from here. I can also see where she's coming from too because like even if you can get past the like the stigma against getting married right outside of like right out of high school and say well it's just a stigma it doesn't matter you still are going to have to put up with what everyone else says to you and the interactions you're forced into because of it and i can understand not wanting to deal with that as somebody who has anxiety oh yeah i mean that's what i mean that's I'm not going to lie. 
being married to the man I started dating immediately after high school, like, who we went to the same high school. Because there's a lot of, like, there's a huge stigma around marrying someone you went to high school with. Because, like, it's... And I, I will say that you should not limit yourself to the people in your hometown because that is very uh, emotionally and mentally... I don't know why I couldn't think of that word. Emotionally and mentally stunting. Um, don't just marry someone because they're nice and because you guys live in the same hometown and because, you know, whatever. I am very much in love with my husband and we're best friends and we get along really, really well and we have a really great partnership. But I still was, like, feeling a little bit insecure about the fact that I was marrying someone who I went to high school with and who was from the same hometown that I was from. So I do understand it. The thing is, though, like, the biggest thing to consider when you're getting into a relationship like that is, do I want to throw away something good just because I might think I can find something better, maybe? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or, like... It's hard to say exactly. But you don't throw away something that you cherish and love just because you think you can do better. In some regards. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not saying, like, don't marry your high school sweetheart because I said so. I'm just saying, like, if you're... I want people who are, like, going to marry their high school sweetheart to really think on it. Like, just consider the reasons why you're making that choice. And if there's reasons other than just like we're in love and have a really wonderful partnership such as like well you know he's friends with my family and you know he that's a problem yeah it's you don't nothing outside of your relationship should be the reason that you are marrying someone so just just keep your options open and just know that uh you're beautiful and you can have any fish in the whole ocean I get that's see that that gives me a good way to put it. You should marry or be with somebody because they make you happy and you have a good relationship, regardless of the the rest of the circumstances, whether or not it might be considered a stigma because you were high school sweethearts or not. Shouldn't matter if you have a good relationship and you love each other. Yeah, I agree. So the following day, Bella reads an article in the paper about the killings, which basically said the killings in Seattle, which basically says that the police kind of think it's a serial killer, but not really because it's just too many murders. Uh, She and Edward head over to the Cullen house to figure out what their plan to deal with the killings in Seattle should be. And when they arrive, everyone looks to Jasper for help. Jasper then shows Bella a bunch of scars that he has as a precursor to him telling her his life story, which... Oh. There is somebody in Seattle right now in this in this story. There's some police officer who's got black bags under his eyes, <laughs> 16 empty cups of coffee scattered around him, and a corkboard with strings and pushpinned pictures and articles that's sitting here like, guys... It's vampires. I'm telling you, that's the only answer. It has to be vampires. And everyone's like, we need to get him out on some leave or something. He is really (laughs) stressed out. (laughs) You are not wrong. Like, there has to be someone who has figured out what is going on. 
And I just, I wish that we could just get that scene. I feel like if this book was written today or like was made into a TV show today, we would get that like zoom in scene on just this one detective that pieced it all together and nobody believes him. So you know what's interesting? There is a book about the vampire army and the formation and like the plans that they made that Stephanie Meyer wrote. It's not going to have the cop in it <laughs> who knows that there's vampires. But it is, it does exist. It is the short second life of Brie Tanner. Poor Brie. Poor Brie. She has a very sad story, which we'll get to at the end of the book, but, you know. Chapter 13. So, Jasper. <laughs> oh, God. This is a chapter. <laughs> I just want to um, say, I saw a TikTok the other day that was like, I only have one no nuance November take, and it's that Jasper could have been a Union soldier and nothing would have been different. Didn't matter. <laughs> like, I know that technically it's because it takes place in the South, but there were Union soldiers in the South. Yeah. Um, there were plenty of Union camps. So, um, I'll let, I'll let you go, but I just wanted to say that at the top. Once again, just like with the legend chapter, this is easier just to summarize everything because there's a lot of inane details. Um, but we kind of get our first look at Jasper with his powers before he even became a vampire because he lies about his age to join the Confederate Army, and he really quickly rises up the ranks to become an officer because he's got this really good charisma and uh, can handle people really well, which is kind of hinting at what's to come, even though it's really just, it's like backshadowing. They're backshadowing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but then he meets these vampire ladies, uh, one of them being Maria, and she takes notice of him. And it's like, well, I'm building an army of newborns, so he's going to be one of my newborns. And the reason this is, is because the South is riddled with uh, vampire clans that are, like, vindictive and just want to murder all the other vampire clans because there's centuries worth of blood feuds going between them. Um, and so what they do is they just make armies of newborns and slaughter each other with them. Uh, yeah. So Maria, like, lost her clan, was like, oh, I'm going to make a new one. I'm going to make my own clan with smart newborns and hookers. Um, so she makes him into a vampire. And eventually he ends up getting put in charge of the newborns because they figure out that with him leading, uh, for one, one reason or another, he's really good at keeping the newborns in line and not having them go feral on one another. Uh, it's really strange. Um, he ends up surviving for a really long time and he stays with Maria. Uh, I think it's for like a century, <laughs> but, um, he gets really tired of just killing people all the time. Uh, he gets, he gets a little, a little tinge of, uh, conscience in him where he's like, I don't really know about all this murdering people constantly thing. Um, he doesn't like, and he, so he leaves with an old friend, uh, an old vampire friend that had run off previously. But even then, he's still like, man, I don't like this. Like, I'm still killing people. Even if I'm not, like, constantly at war with other vampire clans. Um, but then, uh, he just walks into some cafe or diner, and there's Alice. And she's like, hey, you're coming with me. And he's like, okay. 
She, I think she says, you kept me waiting. Yeah. And Which then, is kind of sweet. Can you imagine, like, seeing your true love, your, like, your lifelong love in a vision, and then you just have to wait around for them to show up? Oh, God, that would suck. But you're also immortal, so you've got all the time in the world. Get away. Anyways, um, so she's just like, hey, come on, and then just takes him to the Cullens. They'd never met her. They'd never met him. She just shows up, and she's like, hey, we're going to live here with you now. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, In a very Alice manner. So, uh, we talked about this Confederate Army thing before. Yeah. And we talked about the fact that, like, there's never really any apology made for it or any kind of reference. I didn't, like, I was really expecting something. Like, an offhand reference to it have been, it being a poor decision or something. No, she legit just dropped in this whole I was in the Confederate Army thing without any acknowledgement of the concerns or the context behind it. Yeah. Like, he literally doesn't, like, he doesn't say it was a bad choice. He doesn't acknowledge what the Confederacy stood for. He's just like, yep, I was in the Confederate Army and never mentions it again. Yeah. And it's bad. You just, like, it's literally what you would expect of somebody being like, yeah, I was in the Union Army. Yeah, exactly. And I it's think the... we said, we said when we first started, and I was talking about Jasper and his backstory, that there were plenty of Confederate soldiers who didn't actually know what was going on. Who were, he like, was an completely officer. Disconnected. Yeah, but he was an officer. And he has these, like, very vivid memories of war and, and stuff like that, which is interesting. Uh... Because it was a very long time ago, and he doesn't, again, it's the fact that he doesn't even acknowledge that, like, he shouldn't have been in the Confederate Army. And nobody else acknowledges it. Yeah. Nobody says anything about it. <laughs> Not even Bella. It's bad. It's bad. It's really bad. So, um, then the Cullens end up discussing who could possibly be raising an army in the North, considering that this newborn army situation thing is a Southern thing. Um, and show their continuously surprising lack of deductive abilities that they have shown for a group of people that are all supposed to be very intelligent and talented. These individuals are as dumb as a box of rocks. It's bad. The reveal uh, in this book, I I don't know which reveal in these books is going to be worse. Like what? Because I don't remember if there's a reveal in Breaking Dawn other than her being pregnant. But this reveal, like getting up to the point of figuring out that it's Victoria and that it's like that she is building this vampire army, is so bad. I need listeners to understand that we are now at the point in the series where I don't remember most of the stuff. I don't remember that it was Victoria building this army. But I figured it out anyways. Yeah. Like, it's very obvious. Oh, yeah. It's, it's not hidden. It is so obvious because they were talking at the beginning of the book about Victoria. And then her name has not come up at all. I literally don't understand how they even have not, like, discussed the idea that maybe it's Victoria. Yeah, no, they're they're literally on this, like, kick where they're like, 
oh, maybe it's the Volturi. They're going to, like, use this system because nobody would expect that it's them to wipe us out because we're the only coven that's almost as big as them. And then they're just going to eradicate all the newborns after that and then say that the job's finished. And that's why they haven't shown up yet, despite the fact that all these newborns are running around. Because whenever somebody starts making newborn armies and causing problems, Volturi just show up and slaughter everybody. Yeah. And so they're like, that's why they haven't shown up yet. So they're just throwing out all these crazy-ass nine theories, despite the fact that there's already a vampire nearby who wants them all dead. Meanwhile, the Volturi <laughs> are in Volterra, just chilling. Like, literally do not care a single bit about what is going on with the Cullens. Like, they literally do not show up until book four, because they hear about the vampire child. So, like... They literally, they get, I'm pretty sure they get there, and they're like, oh, Bella, you're a vampire, when they make it there in book four, because they don't give a shit. In some ways, Edward was right when he was like, it will be a long time before they show up, even caring at all about what we're doing. Because they just, they don't give a fuck. They don't care. It's The thing is, their biggest concern is keeping the vampire, keeping the existence of vampires a secret. And... The Collins being pacifists and quote unquote vegetarians makes are it the, really easy. <laughs> yeah, they are the smallest threat to vampire secrecy. So like, it's they don't care. But no, anyway. and because they tried to be like, well, they're jealous, and it's like, I don't think Arrow cares about. Literally, you could make your coven as big as you want. Clearly, there are a lot of vampires that aren't interested in it. And even if you have a coven that's eight times the size of their coven of vegetarian vampires, guess what? It literally doesn't affect them. It helps them. Because guess what? You're not eating their food. Yeah. You're like, not eating humans, which is A, leaving more people for them, and B, you're not like posing a threat to vampire secrecy because you're not eating people so nobody's ever going to suspect you there's no danger and clearly the cullens don't show any indication that they want to go around just slaughtering other vampires for eating for being like normal vampires either so it's like what are you concerned about okay so they start trying to call in help and figure out who they can have help them because jasper's like hey i can train you guys on how to hunt and kill newborns because newborns are stronger than other vampires because they still have their blood in them from when they were human and that blood, like, their body, like, feeds on it for, like, a year. And it makes them stronger. I have um, to say, I actually think that's a pretty interesting detail. Yeah, no, that was actually cool. I liked that. Um, so he's like, I can train you to hunt and kill them, but we're going to lose people on our side, too. With only as many as we have. We're hor- horrendously outnumbered. Um, and, I, and we I, I have remember, to keep yeah. our cover. <laughs> There was a moment where he was talking about that and he's like, we're probably going to lose people. And he just looked over at Alice and I was like, oh, I feel you. That would be my first concern if it was yeah. a situation where like, I don't know, say you and the, the broad you've been seeing and me and Brandon were in a vampire coven and you were like, listen, there's some people coming after this broad I've been seeing. <laughs> They're coming after this broad here. <laughs> they coming after this. Don't tell her I called her a broad. <laughs> Don't, don't tell her, like, she's kind of a broad, but don't tell her I said that. <laughs> so someone's like, they, you're like, hey, someone's coming after this broad I've been seeing. Uh, I need your help fighting, but you know, Brandon might die. 
I would probably be like, uh, no. But Sarah, I'd be like, I might die though. Like, I'm gonna protect my broad over here. So like, the accent you put on just now was like, I know you were probably going for like the Bostonian, like. No, it went broad. like British and then Australian. Australian. <laughs> I, I heard like, it British and I was like, what the fuck is happening? Anyways, okay, so they try to call in help from the Alaskan coven, and they refuse to help because their deal is that they want to wipe out the werewolves uh, to avenge Laurent because the werewolves killed him for trying to kill Bella. Yeah. And I'm just like, Laurent is a really weird place for you to plant your flag, guys. These are your allies for a very long time who... This guy tried to murder, like, yeah, one of your family members, and now you want to kill the people that stopped him. What? <laughs> it's honestly like the vamp. The I feel like they. Uh, this is coming from a lot of different directions. First of all, they're not recognizing the supremacy of the werewolves over this territory and understanding that they have every right to defend the people living in that territory from anyone who is going to try to kill them. The same way that they would probably, the vampires would probably protect their own from anyone who came in trying to kill it. They're also probably not recognizing Bella as like a whole person because she's not a vampire. And a lot of vampires we've seen have like looked down on human life. Which is really weird considering these are vegetarian vampires. So clearly these are vampires that value human life. Yeah, I and and part of me thinks that maybe it's like they don't want to murder humans, but they still don't see them as being like equal to them. It's kind of like how I won't eat a dog, but like I know a dog is not a person. I guess, except you didn't used to be a dog. Yes, that's a good point. I don't know. It's, that will never stop getting to okay, me. The fact I won't that like eat, I won't eat a child. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like, it's just like Wow, look at these things that are literally the same thing we used to be. How lowly they are. What? (laughs) I do think it comes with a sort of... And I meant to say this earlier when we were talking about Edward and human emotion. I think you get a sort of detachment from humanity after spending however many years being completely immortal and unbreakable. Like, they literally... The world is going on without them while they're just standing there. And so I... I can kind of get it. Do you get it, though? Do you really get it? Do you get me? I do. Okay. Chapter 14. Chapter 14. Bella wants to cancel the graduation party, but Alice insists since Bella already bought her a present. Bella suggests they turn her so she can fight the newborns, but Alice and Edward reason that she won't be able to learn how to fight in time for the incoming battle, which is true. Uh, after school, Edward tells Bella he's going hunting the following day and that Alice, Jasper, and Emmett will babysit her. Bella suggests going to La Push instead, and Edward agrees that it's a good idea. Uh, they talk about what Bella is going to be like when she turns into a vampire, then they go to study for Bella's finals. It was kind of cute the way they talked about, like, the way Bella was going to be when she was a vampire, because she was like, am I going to be stronger than you? And he was like, yeah, it felt kinky to me. I don't know. (laughs) When she was like, so, am I going to be, like, stronger than you? 
She's a fucking idiot. <laughs> uh, context for this one in particular? She literally just listened to a story about how newborn vampires are uncontrollable and problematic and was like, guys, what if you change me into a newborn vampire to help you? What? <laughs> so we find out later in Breaking Dawn that she wakes up with like the self-control of... But that's not relevant. Building. We don't know that yet. I know. We don't know At that At that yet. point, it's ironic. Right now, it's not yet. <laughs> yeah. Like, when she gets turned later, I don't remember if they have any kind of conversation, but I think it's funny because she has so much self-control and is so totally, completely normal that um, it's funny that she, like, wasn't able to help them with the fight in Eclipse. And I will say that, like, it's this is very much a, let's let's talk about children for a second here. This is a nature versus nurture kind of situation newborn vampires who are just made into an army and are treated as pawns in someone else's game are definitely more likely to be less uh controlled and especially coming into it from the perspective of well when you become a vampire you're gonna kill people and you're gonna eat them and all this stuff but bella is coming into a vampire family that doesn't hunt people that is very kind and loving towards her so i think and it's she only knows reasonable. she knows the choice she's making for those other people they didn't they weren't making any choice they exactly. were just like oh you're a monster now yeah and so i think it it's almost like bella gets like a head start into the lifestyle of being a vampire um when she turns because she's got this amazing support system and they even like bring human blood from the hospital that carlisle works at to give to her later which is so i I, now that i'm thinking about it why do they why do they not just do that why do they not just do that because that's perfectly humane there's literally a book series called like eighth grade bites or something like that it's i forget exactly oh my god yeah that's where i remember those Yes, because it, I legit thought that happened in this book at some he, point because yeah, of that. So he basically he lives with his aunt, and his aunt is a nurse or a doctor or something. Um, and this is true at hospitals when they keep blood, human blood, uh, that has been like donated for a certain amount of time, it quote unquote expires, and they have to throw it away. And so what she does is she smuggles the blood bags that are about to be thrown away out of the hospital and freezes them. And then he microwaves them and drinks them. And that's how he drinks blood. And that that's like genius. And it was in this very silly book series. We sh- That would be a good book series for us to do. That would be. Yeah, when we when we feel like revisiting vampires because we do have a series. Yeah, we were we're not coming back to vampires immediately. <laughs> no, no, no. We do have a series that we're we're probably gonna do when this one is over. I'm not gonna say what it is, but I am excited to do it because I was. Reading oh, I'll say it. It's Fifty Shades of Grey. It's not Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> do not put that out into the world because people might want it. Uh, but I was reading a little bit of it the other day just to like remember, just to get some context for this book series. And it is so awful. <laughs> we are actually reading the complete works of William Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, you gave it away. What a trash writer. All right. God. All right. Oh, he's a smut writer. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, sorry. So the next day, Edward drives Bella down to the border between Forks and La Push. Jacob takes a nap because he hasn't been sleeping at night, and Bella thinks about whether or not she's ready to change. And 
why she wants Edward to be the one to change her. When Jacob wakes up, they go outside, and he says on no uncertain terms that he's in love with Bella and wants her to pick him over Edward. Uh, my only note on this was... Actually, no. You have two. I do have two. Bella talking about belonging to Edward is really gross, and I almost gagged. However, I want to view it from her trying to, like, hammer the point into Jacob's head, because he's clearly not getting it. Yeah. she. There's a lot of things where, like, the terminology used in these chapters I'm not crazy about, but I do understand the underlying sentiment and emotion behind it. Yes. Um... I mean, I do often call Brandon mine, and I get that. I mean, when you're in a really loving and devoted relationship, it can often be like, that's mine. That's my boy. He mine, I his. But, like, it's the way she's describing it is so gross and weird. A lot of it's context and uh, tonality, and it's there's a very big difference between being possessive about it and being cute. (laughs) I had an ex who said I belonged to them. Not cute. You know the ex, too. Yeah, not cute. It was, it, at the time, I was like, I, I felt weird about it, but I just kind of went along with it. But no, it's yeah. not cute. My other note was, um, this sucks. During yeah. New Moon, I wanted Bella to pick Jacob so badly because New Moon Jacob was a very different Jacob than what we've had this entire book. He's been smarmy and gross the whole book. Yeah. Uh, but now, I don't know. Edward has made some sheer- serious changes this book, and he's clearly what Bella wants. Like, she wants to be with him. And that's the thing. It is That's the biggest part, is that Edward is what Bella wants. And so no matter what I want, or what I think is best, Edward is what she wants, and Jacob isn't respecting that. She also has to become a vampire or she will die so maybe don't be dramatic (laughs) so maybe the point is moot because jacob could stay young forever but i don't know if he would even still want her when she becomes a vampire but that's the thing is like and jacob i think i don't know if they've even brought it up but the wolves would not be able to protect bella from the volturi no under no uncertain terms would she would they be able to stop the vulturi so they're all going to die if she picks jacob yep everyone including the wolves yes cuz you believe the vulturi are going to come in there and the wolves not do anything yeah no they're going to get their asses handed to them um There is a point I want to make about Jacob's abrupt character change in this book, but I'm going to wait until we finish chapter 15, and then I'm going to make that point. Okay, chapter 15. Yeah, chapter 15. I almost want to be like, do you want to just give an overview of what happens and then do a separate episode on chapter 15? You know what? If you want to do that, I might be down for that, because chapter 15 is really fucked up and awful. Yeah. Um, we'll see how we feel once we get through the explanation yeah. of the episode. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Jacob turns into the biggest douche to ever douche. Ever. Um, 
he argues with Bella about her affections and insists that she is the one being mean by choosing to keep him as a friend when she knows he has romantic feelings for her. And then he tries to tell her that he's a better option for her than Ed. And then he sexually assaults her. Um, She actually tries to fight him off when he kisses her. And he just keeps going at it multiple times. And so then she punches him in the face and demands to leave. Um, This is quite literally the closest I have ever seen a character in a book to being the I could make you straight with this dick character. Um, Except it's I could make you like warm-blooded things instead of the cold ones with this dick. It's fucking awful. Um, And I'm trying to make a joke out of it. But it's really hard. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, But big point here, you're never obligated to cut someone else out of your life because they have feelings for you. Uh, He tries to make that something that she's blamed for and that's her fault. Uh, But it's not. If he can't handle... Uh, being her friend and being respectful because of his feelings, then he needs to sever that tie himself um, or do this, do do what he does so that she severs it. But it's not her obligation. She's not mean for wanting to be his friend still, despite the fact that he has feelings for her. And he even Uh, has said multiple times that even if she never loves him back, he'll still be there for her. Exactly. So, and she's been... I will say that there was some weirdness in New Moon with their relationship, but she's been very clear that that's not what she wants from him and that she's not interested in that. And he's said he'll be there anyways. So he has no grounds to be trying to drag her through the mud on this. Um, And the worst part is him acting like a cocky bastard afterwards. Because had he backed down and genuinely apologized and recognized that he did something wrong, uh, it would still be really fucked up what he did. But at least I could recognize that, like, okay, you understand that you did something really bad here. But he doesn't. He just leans into it. He doesn't just lean into it either. He, like, tells her about how she actually liked it and how she was kissing. And I'm just like, holy shit. Yeah, I believe he says something along the lines of, it's better than kissing a stone, isn't it? And she says something along the lines of, I want to kiss the stone. Yeah. I um, choose to kiss the stone. You, oh my god. It was so fucking traumatic to read. Because he not only kisses her, but he forcefully holds on to her. I I said we weren't going to describe it. We're not going to describe it. (laughs) And I'm trying not to, but it's just, like, it was so upsetting to read because this poor girl is surrounded by people who are stronger than her and are forced her to do things. Like, I mean, literally, just, like, the fact that, I mean, even earlier in this book, we had her agency removed from her by Alice when, you know, basically the essence of the matter is Bella can't say no to Alice because Alice is 
physically stronger than her. And now she can't say no to Jacob because he's physically stronger than her. And the fact that he uses that as a means of forcing himself on her is so awful and terrible. I wish he was not in the rest of this book series. And then he makes fun of it. He does. He makes fun of the fact that she's not strong enough to like hold him off or to hurt him. Yeah. When she punches him and literally breaks her knuckle, he is like, I didn't even realize that you hit me and like laughs at her. And then told her that she should try and grab a baseball bat or a crowbar next time. And I'm just like, so he drives her home and acts like a bag of dicks the entire time. And then instead of just leaving like any sane person would do at this point, he actually follows her into the house, proceeds to tell Charlie what happened, and then Charlie fucking congratulates him and tells him, good job. I'm gonna throw up. That, I will say, listen, what J- the way Jacob's character has been assassinated is bad. That... That was awful. Is the worst thing Stephanie Meyer has ever done. I, I that is right there. Refuse to believe that as protective as Charlie is, even as much as he like Jake likes Jacob, that he would just be like, "Oh, you forced yourself on my daughter. That's cool. Good job, bro." No. Like absolutely not. He would have grabbed his fucking shotgun and chased Jacob out of that house. Um, and that would have been the completely appropriate time for a dad to grab his shotgun. And then he decides to stick around and wait for Ed. Um, And Ed arrives and actually shows restraint. And is a, has the most reasonable response he possibly could to what Jacob's done. And tells Jacob that if he ever kisses Bella without her permission again, he will break her jaw. Or he will break his jaw. <laughs> his jaw. <laughs> Poor Bella. And then he takes her to see Carlisle to fix her hand. Um, so at the Cullens, uh, she finds out that Jasper and Emmett are placing bets on whether she will snap and kill people because of her temper when she's a newborn. Um, and that kind of just leaves Bella stewing over all of the changes that are going to happen once she is changed. Um... Now, what gets me here is that Ed can see in Jacob's mind. So he does know exactly how that situation went down. He knows exactly how bad it was. And I would not fault him at all for beating the life out of Jacob at this point. Mm -hmm. Because he literally sexually assaulted somebody. Not only, okay, I could, I wouldn't blame him for beating the shit out of somebody that he knew sexually assaulted someone. But Jacob sexually assaulted his partner. Who, at this point, I think we can both say we're pretty confident that Edward really does love Bella. After all the shit he has said this book and all the stuff he's done. Like, at this, if he had, if he had punched Jacob in the face and broken his jaw, I. I would have nothing but respect for him. Nope. For doing it. I would, like, if I found out, like, let alone literally being able to see the scene play out. If I found out that somebody I was with had just been sexually assaulted. I am a very, I, I am a fairly contained person. I don't mm-hmm. hit people. I don't get into fights. I would beat the shit out of somebody. Yeah. 
That is yeah. like that is the line that you could cross where I would beat the shit out of you and I won't even pretend otherwise. Oh yeah. He definitely and I remember seeing on TikTok a little while ago uh the scene from the movie in which Edward like gets in Jacob's face and is like, You keep your fucking hands off of her and he literally like Jacob is like, Well maybe she wanted it and Edward's like, Why don't you wait until she says she wants it? And is like in his face and I was just like punch him hit him hit him right now <laughs> and for reference uh for all of the bullshit smire has pulled in this book and with these character assassinations it's not just a change that the movie did once again to make things better uh she actually did write that as edward's line yeah that he should have waited until bella told him that she wanted it i will say that edward has been very respectful of the fact that Bella might decide that she wants Jacob. Yeah, and he, because he says, if Jacob ever kisses her again without her permission. Yeah. She, he says, if she decides to kiss Jacob, he's not going to hurt Jacob. That's no problem. It's what she, if that's what she wants. He tells Jacob, I'm not going to do anything about it if that's the choice she makes. But you're not going to fucking touch her without her permission. Yeah. And I, mad props for that. Because it, first of all, takes Stan. a lot. Yeah. It takes a lot of, of guts to be able to honestly say, and I do honestly at this point believe that he is on that level of just being like, look, if she wants to be with you, I will let her be with you. Because he's been so self-sacrificial so far in this book that I think that he would respect that, if not still stay nearby because he wants to protect Bella. Yeah. But also like i the fact that he is just he's restraining himself because he knows that bella might want jacob's jaw broken just a little but she doesn't want him dead yeah and he actually said because she's he's like i'll break your jaw and she's like you can do it now and he's like you're gonna regret that in the morning if i do it so i'm not going to I appreciate I, the permission. I respect, that. I respect <laughs> that he said that too. When she was like, you can do it. Go ahead. Because she's like pissed as fuck. And he's like, no, you're going to regret it later. Because he knows that she will. I respect that. I respect that too. Uh, I wouldn't it, have restrained myself. I, no, she, as soon, as, as, soon no. as my girl was like, you can fuck him up. Go ahead. Fuck him up. I would have been like, hell yeah. I'll fuck him up. I would have done it. Look, I'm a trans woman. And I'm kind of a beefy trans woman. <laughs> I can literally pick people up and throw them. <laughs> yeah. You not small. You swole. I'm not small. <laughs> um, so don't fuck with me. Yeah. Do not, do not fuck with Emmy or the, the broad she's been <laughs> Oh, my broad. Don't <laughs> fuck with my broad. she's been seeing. Uh, she doesn't listen to the podcast, does she? No. Okay. <laughs> By the time, listen, by the time she made it to this episode, it's going to have gone one or two ways. We're either going to actually be dating or it's going to be done. So it's fine. <laughs> I can't imagine she would listen this far if you guys had already broken up. So, yeah. So I'm pretty sure we're good either way. Um, but so my biggest problem with this is Ed is turning into a great person. I am now standing Ed. I have switched to Team Edward officially, but... The problem is that it was through character assassination. Ed did grow, but he grew at expenses. Like, she literally could have just had Edward grow and kept everyone else the same, and it would have been fine. And I still would have been like, yeah, Edward's a good partner now. 
I don't know why she decided to kill off every other character's uh, positivity and consciousable actions in the process. I am actually at the point now where I have accepted Jacob's downfall because I will say that I think even though he was so sweet and nice at first and he was so understanding and whatever, I think that there is always the possibility of boys flipping the first time a girl rejects them. I was going to, so I told you earlier, I had some opinions on Jacob's transition. Yeah. Here. His, <laughs> not, not, not his transition. transition. <laughs> his uh, character transition. Yeah. Um, and here's my thoughts on it. Um, the only reason I lump him in with the character assassinations is because she's done it to everybody else already. Yeah. So it's shown that she's willing to just assassinate everybody's character in this. And so Jacob could very well just be another uh, ca- uh, casualty of that. Yeah. But if it was just him, I would actually I would actually say it makes sense. Because yeah. if you take his out of context of the rest and look at it, it's at this point he does, he's in love with Bella. And not only has she rejected him, she's rejected him for someone that's going to turn her into his mortal enemy. And who he's certain if she turns into that, she's going to be something awful. She's being turned into a monster. And so in his mind, he has to do whatever he has to do to ensure that she does not become that. And he has allowed that to drive him to becoming an awful person. Yeah. And I think that it started out of fear for her and out of love for her. And he has allowed it to twist him into something, somebody much worse than he would have been before. A person that he never would have been if not for the whole werewolf thing. Yeah. And that's, and that's not to say it's not his fault. It's entirely his fault. He's still a bad person for doing it. But I can understand how it happened and the progression of his character to this point if it was isolated from the rest of the character assassinations. So in that same vein, can we not also sort of not fully understand Charlie's actions because he also sees Edward as someone he needs to protect Bella from? I don't I'm not, think so. I don't want to excuse the fact that he's seemingly okay with his daughter being assaulted, but everything leading up to this point. I think Like, all the comments before that. I, I know he loves Jacob. I know he wants Bella to be with Jacob, and he doesn't like Edward. But I honestly don't see him being that set on it that he, he reacts the way he does, even now. I, I, I just can't imagine as loving and protective of a father as he's been shown to be. I, I still don't think he would have reacted this way to the assault. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think that it, that makes sense at all. But all of the other, like, smarmy bullshit that he has said throughout the book, like, being happy because he thinks that Edward and Bella are fighting. Oh, no, when, that makes sense. Yeah, when he was, like, telling her that she needs to make up with Jacob because... I think in his mind, it's coming from a good place of him being like, when she was with Jacob, she was happy. And Edward left and like yeah. completely destroyed her. So 
at that point, I can kind of... They've been at odds the whole book, which has bothered me a lot because Bella and Charlie are so similar. And so, in theory, they should get along very well, and they usually do. Um, but I do think that it comes from a rational place. This is unacceptable, and he would never do it. This is the most out-of-character moment for him in the entire book. Um, but the rest of it, I think, if we're looking at it from that perspective, I can kind of understand. Yeah, I can I can look at the rest and be like, okay, this is yeah. too far. Yes, Alice absolutely. doesn't make any fucking sense as a character in this book. Alex, <laughs> Alex, Alice is the only one who I will say her character has been completely fucking assassinated because there is no reason for her to act like fucking this. Smire dropped down behind her silently, jammed poison a needle of poison into her neck slit her throat and strangled her with the rope at the same time all while saying nothing personnel kid <laughs> nothing personnel kid uh yeah no alice is like i mean and i know she's always just kind of been like flighty and like do whatever but like i don't know it just like and i get that like what she did in new moon i i don't know now i'm th- now let me think about it now i'm having a thought Everything she did in New Moon was not motivated by her care of Bella. It was motivated by her care of Edward. Because she left without saying goodbye because Edward wanted her to. Then when she came and got Bella, she did want to check on Bella. I'm not going to lie. Because she jumped off a cliff and so she wanted to see. But then when she took Bella to Italy, it wasn't because she cared about Bella. It was because she was trying to save Edward. So if we <laughs> if we examine Alice's character through the lens of she'll do anything to protect her family, whether or not that means protecting Bella, yeah, then maybe it makes sense. But still, her being it completely just inconsiderate. So at, it seems so at odds with her how far she was willing to go in the first book, mm-hmm. and the fact that she has always shown a large level of respect because we can look at that the whole edward situation like her taking care of edward as one thing but she's always also been like i don't give a fuck what edward says i will do for you what you want yeah that's true she did earlier say that she would change bella because bella wanted to change yeah and that so is like, having respect shown... for her agency yeah and in the first book too she told her how the process worked and explained everything to her because she thought it was bella's right to make her own decision yeah and so i'm just like what the fuck? Yeah, this book really. I now that I'm really now that we're really thinking about it, Alice's character is kind of the only one that is like has no motivator behind how destroyed it is. No, especially because she's been shown to be so compassionate in general. It's just like yeah. What the fuck. <laughs> well, I think it's safe to say that we don't need to do an entire episode on chapter 15. Um, no, I think we got it covered. Yeah, I don't want to keep talking about it anyway. No. Um, it's really bad. Um, Read and... it if you want to get more context, because we're not going more in depth than we did. Yeah, it was... <sighs> I don't know. I hated it. I hated it. I was. It makes me sad. Um, but Edward, Edward's progress, this book has been good. Yes. I hate that it takes until the third book of the series for him to show that he is a suitable love interest. But I, I at will least s- it happened. 
Yeah. And I do, I do think that a lot of it, now that we're getting more and more inside his head, we're seeing that a lot of it probably had to do with his own insecurities and his own fears and stuff like that, which I understand it doesn't make what he did okay, but I do understand. You know what? On that note, we're, we're going a little bit more into Emmy personal life. Okay. Though not with my current relationship. Um... I have been in Edward's position before, and I talked about how I saw like a lot of things when I was younger. I read that Edward did, and I saw it as kind of justification, not necessarily like directly, but like obviously reading something like that when I have similar actions and thought patterns is going to is not going to dissuade me. Yeah. Um, because as somebody with who used to have very low self esteem, I mean my self esteem still isn't great all the time, but like mm-hmm. with my transition and everything, I'm in a much better place. And with severe anxiety, um, I've had a lot of issues in relationships with trusting the other person or um, basically letting them make their own decisions and knowing that they're going to make the right decisions. And it was a long process getting over that. But seeing Edward in this book actually does remind me a lot of myself learning how to let go and trust the person I'm with to be their own person. Yeah. And still loving them and being there to support them. Um, because ultimately you can't make somebody's decisions for them. You can't run somebody's life for them. Yeah. If you want to share your life with somebody, that's what it, you're sharing your life with them and you have to be able to respect and support the decisions they make. I think he's also coming around on the idea that mutual respect and understanding comes from communication. So him yes. being more openly loving and respectful towards Bella is helping their relationship a lot. Because if he had been, because now that he has been like on multiple occasions, he's been like, well, why don't you go to the push and like hang out with your werewolf friends? We can see in her head, her being like, yeah okay but like are you gonna be worried like are you gonna be worried about me while i'm there rather than him being like no you can't go because he was so scared him opening up and being like well here's why i was scared because i don't want anything to happen to you has made their relationship so much better and you can see the real very real evidence of that which i can really really appreciate because it does show like actual tangible growth yes and it's, I do like the fact, too, that it doesn't show that he's just suddenly okay with it. Yeah. And that's a big thing that I've experienced is I learned first to change my actions and reactions and over time learned that it was okay. Because it wasn't just that I was suddenly one day like, oh, it's okay to just let people do what they want and roll with it. And I felt fine. It was I still had my anxieties and I still had my fears. But I learned that I had to trust somebody. And then once I did, eventually I learned that it didn't hurt when I did that. And so it's a process. And I really appreciate the fact that it shows that Edward is in that process. That it's not just a switch that flips. That you have to, it's work that you have to do on yourself. Yeah. Uh, No, yeah, I actually really appreciate that. And I don't want to give Stephanie Meyer too many props, but this does show like really sincere and good character growth. And now that we have this better, more concrete understanding of Jacob's downfall, 
I don't want to say I'm okay with it, but it's actually reliving the context of it. I am much more understanding of how it happened and I'm accepting it. I'm upset because he was so good in New Moon, but the bad guys don't just come out of nowhere, you know, like guys who feel entitled or who get aggressive or who think that they know what's best for the women in their lives. They don't just, it's not like they are like that from the time they're born, you know, like they could, they could very well have started out being very nice. And I feel like that's what we're seeing with Jacob where we're seeing the opposite of what we're seeing with Edward, which is him absolutely losing all of the good qualities that he always had oh my god edward is a quality vampire he just sucked out all the good qualities from jacob and left him with his own bad qualities that's so funny (laughs) did you know that that's actually a thing no so there's uh there's legend of psychic vampires and they basically suck out all of your your happiness and your soul energy to the point where you become completely despondent or you become just like really angry and bitter and basically nothing the way you were before. And so the psychic vampires become like very boisterous and full of life, but they're, uh, they're stealing it from other people. (laughs) See, I heard, I've heard of psychic vampires, but I didn't know that was how it worked. Yeah. That's cool. (laughs) It's not, it's not, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but yeah. That's funny. You're paraphrasing? Yeah. You're mentioning something in this show and not providing evidence and support and accurate descriptions? No. I don't know why I even try. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, All right. Well, I don't, I'm done. I'm done with this fucking I'm section. The next section, yep, I started reading it last night because I thought that that's what we were doing today because I forgot that we didn't record last week. Um, Edward continues to be good boy and uh jacob continues to be bad so look forward to that emmet is a himbo there's this part okay i'm gonna give you a little preview for next week it's it's very small i promise because it just involves emmet and mike newton um so emmet they're at the the graduation party and emmet is just standing there like fucking huge and hulking and he's like got a drink in his hand and he's just like smiling at mike newton across the table and mike is just like (laughs) terrified of him and it's honestly so fucking good emmett every time emmett is every time i read emmett's name i smile because he's the best i'm team emmett not for bella to be with but for me just just for emmett just for emmett just emmett and his bag of eggs (laughs) um well yeah that's chap that's chapters 11 through 15 next time it's going to be chapters 16 through 21 because this book does have 27 chapters so the final two episodes are going to have an extra chapter each and then also obviously the epilogue which basically means that the final episode has like seven chapters in it um and then i don't know please save us we're going to have to have like seven roundup episodes because there's so much to say about what's happened in this book. So much to pick apart. Here. I know. <laughs> uh, follow us on Twitter at 2020 Twilight Pod. M is M of many names and I am Sarah S. Wilton. 
uh, drop us a few dollars in our coffee. That's ko-fi.com slash 2020twilightpod, or the link is in our Twitter bio. Um, we're trying to post every single Friday, but sometimes life gets in the way, and then Steffi has to beg us for an episode, and it comes out on Monday. Everybody thanks Steffi. Everybody thanks Steffi, because otherwise we, we might have fallen off the entire horse. Um, not just half the horse. Shit, there's a horse? There is a horse. And, and we're barely hanging on. We can't even afford a full wagon. I know. I know. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>